1: The
0: cat
2: Hey, everybody. It's Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. And it is the waiver Wire Show. We'll talk about some guys you might want to think about adding and maybe some guys you want to think about dropping. But uh, Florio, I have to start, obviously, with the big news out of the NFL. Monday night football on the scoreboard. It was a tough one for the Buffalo Bills. But on the field, on the sidelines, in the locker room, uh, a tough one for the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers' tenure with them has lasted all of four plays, and then he hurts himself, tears his Achilles tendon. He is done for the 2023 season. It's a huge blow for the Jets. Uh, But let's talk about what this means for the rest of the Jets' skill position players in fantasy. Starting with Garrett Wilson, we were frustrated with him last year dealing with Zach Wilson. Now he's back to that again. Where are you ranking him? How do you feel about Garrett Wilson now?
3: I think he goes from being a top 10 with top five upside at the wide receiver position to being more of a wide receiver two uh, who will have some weeks where he still is a wide receiver one because he's amazing, as we saw on that catch last night. Um, Zach Wilson celebrating that touchdown pass like, bro, what are you doing? That was all Garrett Wilson. Um, But there will be weeks where he's a wide receiver three as well. I, I think that is in his range. Like I, I'm going to consistently value him as a wide receiver two, but I think he's going to fluctuate not because of him, but because of the quarterback play like this week, they get the Dallas Cowboys. I am pretty concerned about Garrett Wilson in that matchup.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the thing with Wilson now is that before when Rodgers was the quarterback, you could go into matchups like this and feel okay. Right. You knew it was still going to be a tough matchup, but the quarterback gave you a level of confidence with Rodgers that you don't get with Zach Wilson. So it's hard to imagine you sitting Garrett Wilson because you probably spent a late first round, maybe early second round pick on him. And you may not have a better option. But now these matchups get a lot more scary. Uh, I'm sort of with you. I think he sort of falls down to that art that the wide receiver two plateau where before we had him as kind of a wide receiver one. Uh, Just a frustrating moment, obviously, for the Jets, for Aaron Rodgers, incredibly frustrating. And for fantasy, it sort of changes our outlook. Now I got to look at the backfield because Brees Hall looks very good. Limited opportunity on Monday night, but a couple of really big runs. Dalvin Cook saw uh, a number of touches. I don't know that he was particularly special, but he's going to get a lot of work in this offense. Uh, I mean, obviously, they are a downgrade without Aaron Rodgers. But how far are you downgrading them?
3: Um, it's funny cause I'm actually upgrading Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is back to being a must start already. And I, I know he only played 17 snaps yesterday, 10 carries 127 yards. He caught his, uh, one of his two targets for 20 yards. The burst and explosiveness was there and he could have had an even bigger game. Like p- regular season, Brees Hall, not first game back off of the ACL scores, a touchdown on that long run. He also could have scored a touchdown had Garrett Wilson blocked instead of celebrating, <laughs> um, so I, I think, on um, yeah, maybe we're not going to get what we got at. Well, we're definitely not going to get what we got out of him yesterday. But Brees every game. But Brees Hall is going to get more volume, I think. Uh, he's going to be on the field more. It was his first game back. We're going to slowly see him start to get more and more and more. And by, like, the, the second or third week from now, we could be talking about this guy as a top 10 running back again. So I think he's back in play because the Jets are going to run the ball a whole lot more than I, we were anticipating Dalvin Cook remains a flex option for me. He gets downgraded a bit because he doesn't have that burst. He's still got explosiveness, but not like Brees Hall. So I think uh, he takes a little bit of a bigger hit there uh, because you always want the more explosive option when you're talking about two players that are splitting reps.
2: I think for me, their their values sort of are kind of a wash because on the the upside, they are going to have to lean on the run more, right? With Zach Wilson, they're not going to let Zach Wilson stand back there and throw it 30, 35 times a game. If they do, something has gone really wrong for them in the ball game. So that means they're going to give the ball to Brees Hall, to Dalvin Cook a lot more. That's a good thing. The bad thing is the overall touchdown upside for this offense goes down without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. They're just not going to score as many points. And the other part of it is even with the increased opportunities, They're still splitting. Now, I hope that by the time we get to middle of the season that Hall has established himself as the guy, but I still believe you're only going to have maybe a 60-40, at best 65-35 split between the two of them. So two that we hoped we were going to get before Dalvin Cook showed up, maybe not coming. So in the end, I think they they sort of wash out. I think you still have Brees Hall as an RB2. I think Dalvin Cook is sort of a low-end RB2, maybe a a high-end RB3. Uh, It just it's frustrating because this offense just our hopes for it, our belief for is that it could have gone to the moon, but that's not going to be the case now. So uh, obviously, we'll have plenty more Jets talk as we go throughout the season. But uh, right now, just kind of pick up the pieces after the uh, Aaron Rodgers injury. So, Mike, let's start off with who you have on your waiver wire list. Same two quarterbacks we told you to pick up last
3: week, Brock Purdy and Sam Howe, Kenneth Gainwell, who looks like the clear RB1 for Philly, Kyron Williams, we spoke about the Rams, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, we spoke about the Ravens, Tyler Algier, we spoke about, and Joshua Kelly, who had a standalone role, despite Austin Eckler going off as well, and then some pass catchers, Puka Nakua, look, everyone... Everyone and their mother is going to tell you they were in on Puka Nakua now. There's receipts <laughs> to see who actually was. Nico Collins had 10 targets yesterday. Jacoby Myers, we spoke about. Kendrick Bourne, we spoke about. Rashid Shahid had a big game. Robert Woods had double-digit targets. Rashid Rice. And then Sam Laporta, I don't know why he's not more rostered than he is. Hunter Henry played really well. And someone I know you like, Marcus. Luke Musgrave. He uh, he was impressive in his first NFL game as well. Very impressive.
2: Yeah. I know a lot of people like Luke Musgrave. I will admit I was sort of late to the party on that one. But uh, I'm starting to come around and and be a bit of a believer uh, in Luke Musgrave. By the way, if you want more waiver wire options, you can check out Matt Okada's weekly column nflcom slash waiver wire. At some point, we're going to try to get Okada on the show to come in and talk about some of his his waiver wire picks. Let's look at the guy, though. Who is your top waiver wire target? If you could only target one guy, uh, who's it going to be this week?
3: There's two, and you got the other one. Right. (laughs) Uh, So Kenneth Gainwell, to me, because running backs are – if you can find the lead running back for uh, Jalen Hurts in the Philadelphia Eagles system, there's league winning upside there, and that's exactly what Kenneth Gainwell was in week one. He played uh, 62% of the snaps, had 14 of the 16 running back carries – And four targets. And I know some people are like, they were saving (laughs) DeAndre Swift for the short week. Why would they do that in week one? I I think you're just wish casting there. DeAndre Swift turned three opportunities into three yards. Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. Kenneth Gainwell, I know we didn't want to believe it in the preseason, but there was talks that he would be the lead lead runner for Philly. And again, this is arguably the best rushing attack in football.
2: If you could get the lead guy there, I think that could be a season-changing pickup. Very much could be a season-changing pickup. I, you know... Gainwell should be on rosters. I think we're going to take a couple weeks to kind of figure out how things sort of shake out here. But you mentioned Puka. Everybody loves Puka. Puka shells all around. Puka Nakua, that huge game in his rookie debut for the Rams. 10 catches, 119 yards. And it looks like he is the number one target in this offense as long as Cooper Cup is gone. Now, Cup hopefully comes back in a few weeks. We will see. I know he's on IR, so out for at least the first four games. But even when Cooper Cup comes back, the thought is that Puka Nakua can play that Robert Woods role, even wearing Woods' old number. Got that number 17 on his back. But we saw on Sunday that he is a guy who can earn targets and obviously has Matthew Stafford's trust right from the get-go. I will say this. I liked Puka Nakua enough to draft him late in a few places. I did not believe he was going to get enough targets for me to start him. Now I'm starting to buy in, although next week it is the 49ers defense, which is scary Out. I think your approach was exactly the right call, though, because, yeah, he fifth round.
3: Rook, I, I was very big on Puka Nakua, but even I was like, you're not going to start this kid in his first
2: game. We, we need to see it first. But if you drafted him, be happy. He's on your roster. Absolutely be happy. He's on your roster because you're one step ahead of everybody else in your league who might now be scouring to try to get Puka Nakua. If you're looking for a deep waiver wire target, who do you like? I'm going to channel
3: my inner Patrick Claybon here okay. when I tell you Rashid Shaheed. There it is. Uh, he was another receiver that I liked as a late round target. And a big part of it was because of Patrick, everything he was saying on him last year. Basically when Rashid Shaheed got a chance last year, he won downfield and scored a touchdown and six targets, five catches, 89 yards, mm-hmm. a touchdown. They let him use, again, uh, involved in the running game a little bit. He is very, very explosive. And I know Michael Thomas played really well yesterday. If Michael Thomas gets hurt, we're talking about Shaheed being the number two target or, or wide receiver target for Derek Carr and the Saints. And when you're that explosive and you can get consistent volume, you're going to have a lot more boom weeks than
2: bust weeks. So Shaheed is someone I want on my roster. I need him to forward. not be wearing number 22 because that's confusing as hell. <laughs> that's all I know. Uh, you saw on the list there at the tight end position, Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end for the Green Bay Packers. And he had himself quite a nice day. Four targets, three catches, 50 yards. Yes, I know. You look at it at eight fantasy points, you're like, really? But it's a tight end. The bar is not very high for what makes a successful tight end uh, weekend This is going to be an interesting year because we've got rookie tight ends who are making an impact already. We saw Sam Laporta do it on Thursday night. Luke Musgrave is a guy who can be an impact player in a Packer passing game that, while it looked good on Sunday, doesn't have a lot of set roles. Christian Watson was hurt. He'll be back at some point. But where are the targets going to be distributed amongst Watson, Aaron Jones, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs? There is an opportunity for Musgrave to step in and really be a part of this game. We saw it on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. I think it happens uh, regularly during the year. And if you're somebody who streams tight ends, uh, Luke Musgrave should definitely be on your list. So if you're adding somebody, chances are you got to say goodbye to somebody. Who are you dropping this week? It pains me to say because I thought he was a big sleeper. I thought he brought league winning
3: upside. It's Rashad Penny. I'm not ready to drop DeAndre Swift yet, but he is on the chopping block. Mm. But Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch They activated Boston Scott over him. We had seen in the preseason that he was running well into the preseason games, even after the starters got cut so much so that we thought he maybe was on the roster bubble. As much as I like Penny as a talent, there is zero reason to have him on your roster right now. I'd cut him for Gainwell. I'd cut him for any of the names that we have spoke about in this segment. You just, you can't hold a guy who's not even active. So as maybe he could be a late season thing, but I'm not going to hold a guy in hopes that these other running backs get hurt, and then it would probably take more than one injury, too, to see Penny be the lead back there. So to that was
2: me, got to get rid of him. Seeing him as a healthy scratch really changed how I feel about this this Eagles backfield. He was like an
3: eighth-round pick in some drafts.
2: Yeah. This is a guy that we thought was going to get an opportunity. Remember, like they they signed him. We're like, oh, okay, he's going to he's gonna eat. Then they traded for DeAndre Swift. we are like, mm, all right, it's still going to be okay. Now, all of a sudden, he's a healthy scratch in week one. So we are all left scratching our heads there. I was big on Zach Charbonnet. I thought he was going to have a big role. I thought he was going to make us all worried about Kenneth Walker. That did not happen in week one. He played merely eight snaps. And this is the guy who's supposed to be the pass-catching option out of the backfield. In a game where the Seahawks could not get anything going through the air, where they found themselves trailing late, we still didn't see a whole lot of Zach Charbonnet. Maybe there's something down the road. Maybe he eventually starts to work himself into a bigger role. But right now, based on week one, he is not a major part of what this Seahawks offense is going to do. And it doesn't seem like he's a guy that you want to hold a roster spot for, for the time being. Maybe if things start to change, you can kind of get ahead of it. But right now, uh, I think I'm saying goodbye to Zach Charbonnet.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring –
2: We took some questions from you out there on Twitter.com. X.com. Twitter. Whatever. Uh, And we're going to go try and get through some of them as, uh, as many as we can through the end of the show here. This first one coming from Stunna, who wants to know, Goddard have a role anymore? He didn't do anything on Sunday. One target.
3: Very. It, it is concerning, but I'm still starting Dallas Goddard where I have him. It was a down game for all of the Philly offense, and – There's a big difference between, a tight end getting one target and having the upside that Goddard does and, like, Drake London. To me, tight end, you give give the pass to.
2: I still think he has a role. Again, it was just not a great game offensively for the Eagles. I think long-term Dallas Goddard's going to be fine. But this is sort of the life with the tight ends not named Travis Kelsey. Uh, Chris wants to know, Purdy or Love moving forward? Your thoughts. Brock
3: Purdy. Uh, Not only, you know, the the 49ers offense is great and you get – Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, CMC, all of their past game production gets baked into Brock Purdy. I think he was a huge value all draft season long. He's got not overall QB1 upside, but the upside to finish as a QB1 this season.
2: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be Purdy for me here because he's got a better offense around him. This is going to be a higher scoring group than what you're going to have in Green Bay this year. So I would go with Brock Purdy over Jordan Love. Our next one comes from Kindle, who wants to know, is this another down year for DJ Moore? Uh, It depends on what your definition of down year is,
3: because (laughs) DJ Moore is always the receiver that we hype up so much. Um, Last year was a bit of a down year, but for me, coming into the season, I said I think his median range of outcome is what it has been with the Panthers. I thought it was a higher potentially upside if Justin Fields can make that next step. Yesterday was about the worst-case scenario for the Chicago Bears, though.
2: It really was. I, I just was never – I couldn't get myself as excited about DJ Moore as a lot of other people could, just because we still don't know about Justin Fields as a passer. I think the, the belief was that somehow Moore was going to make Fields better, but we never considered whether or not Fields could potentially <laughs> drag down Moore. It's only one week, but so far the results are not really encouraging. Uh, next one, this one comes from Average Alex MMA. Is Jacoby Myers the real deal? Let's also uh, note that Jacoby Myers has officially been placed in concussion protocol, but uh, is he the real deal? He's the real deal in the sense that he's the clear-cut number two target for the
3: Raiders behind. I mean, he had more targets than Devontae Adams. I think that's more of a Broncos secondary. He's really, really good, Um, but he's not going to do this every week but I do think he can easily outlive where he was going in drafts and be someone that works his way into like a weekly flex option.
2: I think we were worried about how they were going to split things between Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro, and it appears that Myers is going to be the guy who gets a lot of that work. So in that respect, I think he's a real deal. But yeah, two touchdowns every week, that's that's not going to happen. Moving on from that one guy, you know, that one guy, who says, should I try to trade high on Mike Evans or buy into this Baker-Evans connection? I'm fine trying to trade Mike Evans.
3: I had him as a start this past week because of the matchup. The Vikings last season allowed the most yards to to wide receivers, specifically the most yards to wide receivers who lined up out wide. They struggle against downfield receivers. They give up a bunch of fantasy production. Mike Evans
2: took advantage, but... I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to trust Baker Mayfield. I don't want to trust Baker Mayfield. I might wait one more week. They've got the Bears next week, so maybe this could happen again. But then after that, they've got the Eagles and the Saints in back-to-back weeks. I really wouldn't mess around with that. So maybe you can get one more week of Mike Evans and then see if you can put him out there on the trade block. But over the long haul, I'm not really excited about the Bucks' passing game. Uh, next one, this one from Bone. No, actually, the axe. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm one ahead of myself. The one and only. Uh, should I drop Zeke? And if so, for whom? Well, we talked about a whole bunch of waiver wire names already, but I actually don't
3: think you should drop Zeke. No. He had more rushing yards than Stevenson. He had more targets. He had seven targets. You go into your shower feeling tired,
0: but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
1: Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.
2: I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual.